Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On episode 61 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, myself, Lewis, and Henry all talk about the Bundesliga coming back who we're going to be following, and the potential of a Premier League restart. We also answer all the best questions from Hammers polls on Twitter. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. Welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast. We are back with episode 61. Uh, It's a bit of a skeleton crew here tonight. Uh, Everyone's got their responsibilities right now that are, you know, growing and uncertain but uh as it stands it's myself adam and henry with us tonight henry how you doing uh not too bad looking forward to get going yeah and a little bit of housekeeping and announcements here uh with uh, jeremiah stepping back from an editor role into a contributor role just to spread some love across the fan-sided network with the uh, pittsburgh penguins and nhl blog that he's uh that he's being the co-expert on now uh henry has stepped up and is the green street hammers new editor alongside myself so congratulations sir thank you very much i'm looking forward to a bit more responsibility Hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? We're a forgiving group here, so there's there's no issues with that. Um, but uh, as it stands, we are jumping in on another week of isolation, but with some potential plans to restart the league. And uh, as as uh, as we know, it's a little bit tentative with uh, how people are dealing with the idea of the Premier League starting back up again and whether they're on board with it, whether they're not. But something we do know is that a week this Saturday, the Bundesliga is back on TV uh, after uh, the chancellor there gave her verdict that the, the league should go ahead. And, and uh, I guess that'll be sort of a shining star for football to come back. Do you have a team uh, in the Bundesliga that you follow? Um, I do, actually. It- Eintracht Frankfurt is the team I mm. like to keep. One of my friends at university was from Frankfurt and was a big fan, and he sort of introduced me to them. And they're very similar to West Ham. I think they're more where West Ham want to be at the moment in terms of they prioritise their cup runs and cup competitions, how we like to think we should be doing, rather than you know being knocked out by Oxford United. Yep. Um, and they're sort of coming usually around sixth and fifth in the seat in the Bundesliga at the moment. So, yeah, that's sort of the team I'm going to go for at the moment. What about you, Adam? So that's that's fair. And there's also a lot of links with uh, Alaire being uh, with Alaire being from Frankfurt. So uh, it's interesting because you know you, you kind of see that link. You also see Bayer Leverkusen with the Chicharito links. But for myself, 
it seems like such a, a cheap a cheap uh, pick here, but I'm Canadian, so my pick is going right on to uh, to follow Alfonso Davies at Bayern Munich. I'm not going to see too many losses, and actually, it's not almost not even that fun. I think that the skill drop off it in the Bundesliga is a little bit more drastic than the Premier League. So you see teams steamroll other teams uh, quite often. So um, I mean, I'll see lots of wins and lots of goals, but I'm just down to see Canada's shining star and, and who will be Canada's best ever football player uh, to step up there. But you know, th- there's a little there's a little piece of my heart that goes out to Hoffenheim with I think Hevard Nordweit still there. So maybe maybe them in the, on the back burner. Uh, we do have Lou that just jumped on here. Uh, the call there, Lou, how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right. We were just talking about uh, the Bundesliga starting up, and if you have a team that you support that's uh, that's over in Germany. Um, yeah, I've, I've uh, followed Dortmund for years, to be honest. So uh, more so in the past than recent seasons, but yeah, now they're now they're in the only league available. I'll be getting back on the Dortmund hype hype train, I think. I mean that's that's a stadium atmosphere we could all be envious of when it comes to Dortmund. There, that's pretty. I've been to their stadium for a match, so and it was a great experience, much better than London Stadium. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll always uh, have a place for Dortmund. Yeah, that 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 natural connection to it always will have a place there. I'm sure. Um, well, that's why I like Andy Carroll. He scored the 93rd minute winner when I when I went for my only match that I've seen of West Ham play in person. So um, I don't care what anyone says, Andy Carroll, he's my guy. Um, okay, so uh, this week we're going to jump back on the Hammers Pools questions, and a lot of them are hypothetical when it comes to transfer rumors. Um, we should throw the precursor out there that we're, we're not necessarily endorsing transfer rumors or whatever. We've done a, a few articles, a fair few, of players that we would like to target for my, whether it's other relegation rivals if relegation happens or across european leagues um and it's all basically about spitballing ideas and and basically having some fun when it comes to talking football right now um but i did want to get your guys opinion on the actual premier league restart uh manuel lanzini dropped some hints to what the plan is and, and i don't know if how public they are but the first i had heard specifics about West Ham's Premier League restart uh, was from this interview with Lanzini and uh, a an Argentinian uh, news uh, news radio station. So basically, the plan is as of Monday they start in groups of five training again. Uh, then they do that for two weeks, and then they jump back into full team training. And I guess the idea is to get fitness up individually without any intense team training, but also to sort of give a two-week period of if anyone has symptoms or, or what have you, they can be isolated now and incorporated back at a later date without spoiling the return to the, to the to football there. Uh, but Lanzini did voice issues with um, there not being a vaccine and there being dangers for potentially you know family members or players themselves. Uh, Henry, I want to come to you first on this one. Do you have any issues with how that plan's laid out? And you know, is there any improvements you would make on it? Or... Uh, do you like the way it's it's set out and think it's a sensible solution right now? I think it's probably the most worked out it could be in terms of trying to get some form of football back on our screens or at least happening in the country. Um, I think from a Green Street Hammer point of view, I'm excited for it to come back because yep. there are some good content. <laughs> um, but I think as a... And I, I do think it's the only way football will be able to come back 
is behind closed doors. Like, there's a lot of people and players saying, only bring it back once you can have fans in the stadium, which obviously would be completely ideal. But that seems so unfeasible to me. Unless, because feasibly that could only be maybe in five years' time where you actually have a full stadium again. Yeah. Like, no one knows the extent or the longevity of how long this could go on for. So, I think for football to come back, it needs to be sort of in the way it is now uh, that they are trying to do. I still think it might be a little bit too soon for like a humanity point of view. Yeah. Uh, But in terms of a sports writer, I am excited to see it back. Um, And I obviously just wish well everything and I hope it goes perfectly well and nothing bad happens from it. Lou, what are your thoughts? Do you think the plan's sensible or is it rushing things a little bit? Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards uh, the rushing things a little bit. I mean, we've got the... (laughs) Our country's got the highest death rate in Europe and the second in the world, so... It just seems a, a little bit rushed, and I think they need to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and, you know, go ahead with the plans in due course when it is more safe to do so. I mean, we all, we all as football fans, you know, want football back, and West Ham back especially. But, you, like I say, you've got to think of the bigger picture, and if... If if doing this leads to, you know, you never know what it could lead to. I mean, if one player has it, I know they said they'd go ahead with testing it, but if if just one person gets it and it, it could spread again and spread across the staff and spread across the players and then we'd be back to an even worse position football-wise than we were. So I w- I'd, I'd, I'd personally leave it a little bit longer to see how the rates hopefully drop but uh seems like they're going ahead with it anyway so yeah and i think it'll be very sensitive and it'll be on a short leash to, to what you were saying there lou and actually henry you mentioned it initially as well when it comes to players testing positive if there's a positive test i think they start shutting things down very quickly because the pr from restarting it has been bad anyways if games start happening people will be happy and then it also will probably be like that beacon of light where people are like oh, like real life is starting to come back. Sure, it's behind closed doors. Sure, it's not the exact same experience. You know, a lot of people in, in England are used to actually going to the matches home or away. Uh, and when it comes to my life, it'll just be an empty stadium uh, that I'm watching on TV because I live across the Atlantic Ocean. So um, it, it's not as much of a culture shock in my life as it will be for a lot of other people. But I do think that the positivity of it whether it's you know sitting at home or you know it'll be different than if you're at if you're at the pub or if you're at the match itself, but I do think it'll be sort of that semblance of normal life returning there. I don't know. I just I maybe it's selfish or, or whatnot, but I also think these footballers um, they're m- more celebrities now than athletes have ever been, and because of that, they live isolated lives as much as anyone else does, or uh, more so than anyone else does. I should say. Um, they live in their condos or their apartments or, or, or flats or whatever that are completely sectioned off from everybody else. A lot of people have, um, whether it's grocery or uh, you know supply drop off directly to their house. It, it's 
you know, they, they do live a life like that, but there is still concerns about children and, and elderly family members that they're in contact with. So I see that as a, as a human issue that, that comes along with this, but I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, you guys, any, any last thoughts from, from you guys on the restart? I do have one point and I, I understand the, the only way it will come back is to be started off behind closed doors, mm-hmm. but they had that before football stopped on European competition. And what happened was a lot of passionate fans still went to the stadium to sort of support from outside. Yeah. And I think with like some clubs like Liverpool, who've been waiting all this time to win the Premier League, the game where they actually do win it once the football is back, I find it very hard to imagine... 20,000 very, very passionate Liverpool fans not taking to the street to celebrate it because it's what they've wanted for so long. And I, I understand them wanting to do it, but and the Premier League can say all they want about people being suggested to stay home, even if this happens. I'd find it hard to imagine everyone abiding by that, which I think could cause other issues as well, which it might be outside of like the football jurisdiction, but it will be a result of it. Yeah, it, it, it'll be against like legal codes and legal orders right now for mass gatherings, and there will there would be a massive police force around the cop. But you know you, you can't police that many people, um, so that would be I guess a, an individual issue there. But I totally agree. Um, yeah, it, that that's almost unavoidable, and a lot of people will look to that as an issue, but. It's hard. You can you can equip everyone with the most information and the in the you know all of the stats they need in the world. They're going to make their own decisions. Human beings are human beings. We've we've seen Premier League footballers you know really hurting the case for the league not starting back up again, even though it's a small small minority of the actual players doing so. Uh, Moise Keane, Kyle Walker, uh, you know th- these are the player these are players who have gone out and broken the the stay at home or shelter in place orders to go to parties. Both of them so. It's hard to have sympathy for the entire group, but again, it's it's a few bad apples in that case, spoiling it for everybody. And the same goes for everyone in the Premier League. Every supporter of every team in the Premier League could stay at home, but that Liverpool celebration is going to happen regardless of if there's orders to or not. So, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. It should be noted though that there a lot of those celebrations and gatherings. I think PSG was a big one. Um, there was a big one for PSG. That was technically before the stay-at-home orders were in place, so there was no, you know, like, no one could be technically arrested or charged for breaking those orders. But you, again, you're not going to give tickets out to twenty thousand people. That's a little bit ridiculous. Although it would get the economy going again, I guess. Uh, okay, let's jump into some hammers polls questions. As we had mentioned before, um, we should start with this one because I think it's the most fitting. Um, this one came from Hammers Polls uh, today, just about an hour ago, and there's been over 100 votes on it already. Uh, Lou, I want to come to you first here. West Ham were due to play Manchester United this weekend at Old Trafford. What would the outcome have been? West Ham win, Manchester United win, or a draw? What do you think, Lou? Um, could have gone similar to last year. I mean, I think we all remember it. Anderson scored... An opening goal that was ruled offside. Um, that was not offside, frankly. And uh, they had a controversial penalty as well. We saw them out 2-1 winners. 
So we we usually have something go wrong in terms of referees when we play Man United. So I could see something like that happening to cost us, but hopefully, hypothetically, it wouldn't have been too costly in terms of staying up. But I guess we'll never know. Do you? So would you have backed? You said you backed a similar a similar um, so scoreline. I'd, I'd back a Man United win based yeah. on. <laughs> based on us not getting much luck uh, I've seen it happen too many times down the years and I think uh, West Ham have been the the least helped by VAR and Manchester United have been the most helped by VAR so the fact that that video ref is here still uh, wouldn't even help West Ham uh, what, what do you think Henry do you think uh, West Ham would pull it out um, we beat them earlier in the season very comfortably I thought I was at the match and we did very well against them, so that would be positive. Um, last time we were in a massive relegation battle and we had to play Man United to get some points, we won thanks to a Carlos Tevez goal. So I think with those things taken into account, you could argue that maybe we'd have a chance. Um, but taking into account how good Bruno Fernandes has been since he's joined them, I would find it very hard to imagine us coming away with a win. I'd love to back us for a win, but there's something about playing against Manchester United which is always uncomfortable. So I'd probably have to go low and go for a United win. But I think we'd be we'd give them a good match. I think I'm I'm more positive than you guys, but I think that. I know Bruno Fernandez, like you'd said, is would be a big factor in the match. And but I also think Jared Bowen and, and Thomas Suchek have grown into the team. Like they made instant impacts, both of them. But both players were really growing into the, the team uh, in recent matches against against Arsenal. Fabianski had a couple individual errors that really, or that that individual error on the goal that that led to West Ham losing. But um, yeah, I just I think there's it would be. I would guess I would I would pick a draw in this case just because both teams I think were playing better than where they were standing. Although Manchester United was climbing the table a bit more, I would back a draw. Um, but again, you know I, I don't put it past the VAR referees to make some glaring error and come out and apologize post game for it. So I, I don't know. I back a I back a draw on that one, but it, it's hard to really tell these days. Um, oh, I closed the I closed it out, but. Um, Actually, I'm going to come back to it. Uh, I'll, I'll get that answer for you guys in a second here. Mm, I said draw. So 51% said West Ham win. 32% said Manchester United win. And 16% said draw. So everyone's a lot more positive than you guys are, which... The lockdowns get into everyone's heads. You know what? I think it is too. I also had people taking runs at me because I said I thought Thomas Suchek has been underrated since he came here and settled in very well in the team. Half people, actually more than half, were in agreement. But a few people were telling me to relax and calm down. Just trying to be positive, guys. Just trying to be positive. Um, okay, this question, our next question, comes from the American Hammers Network. Uh, our friends over there sent this question. And actually, uh, they just posted it themselves and had uh, Hammers Polls retweet it. And there's been 377 votes on it. And uh, Lou will come to you first here. What is more important for the Premier League, Premier League, Premier League season and seasons ahead? Uh, that the 2019 and 2020 season finishes or that the 2020 and 2021 season begins on time? What do you think, Lou? I mean, I think for the... It's a tough one, that, because obviously 
to restore balance within the English football process, we do need seasons to start on schedule, you know, because God knows how long it will be until we, you know, get that, uh, you know, same same balance that usually the same cycle is the word I'm thinking of cycle <laughs> <laughs> that, that that we usually get every season that starts in August but I mean for the integrity of the league I would like it to finish uh, even though obviously I, I don't want the potential outcomes of West Ham potentially being relegated and Liverpool winning the league I still think that we should play out the remainder of the games and depending on when you know that finishes I guess we'd have to work around it in terms of starting the new season but uh, I, we have uh, the World Cup in Qatar uh, is it is it two years next year two years time and yeah, that, two take, years. that takes place in the winter doesn't it so I mean we could we could find something to work our way around that um, in terms of domestic football and then hopefully slot back in sooner than we would have without that World Cup. So, so it might bring at least one positive out of it, the Qatar World Cup. Very true. Uh, something that has been under scrutiny uh, for almost its entire existence. So uh, maybe a positive there wouldn't be the end of the world. What do you think, Henry? Uh, finish the season or make sure that the next season starts on time um i kind of agree with lou like i think it's very important to have seasons start when they're supposed to start because obviously once you start pushing it back it ends later which will then do you then have to push back the transfer window or with two games left of a season of the say for example next season west ham are still in the premier league but just, and we're 18th with David Moyes having gone and come back to the club. And the transfer window hasn't been moved and there's two games left. And then all of a sudden we spend £20 million on a player who scores three goals and we stay up. But a team that's come up that doesn't have the finances that we have have to go down instead. Like, would you say that's fair? Or then, you, And if not, you'd have to push the transfer window back and it just sort of will have this domino effect of everything getting pushed back or you have to come up with a whole new system to maybe change it so it's like the Premier League season goes on with the calendar season. So the season starts in January and runs until it ends and then starts again in January, which would work well with Lewis's point about the World Cup. And I do think the season, it should play out so then everything's fair everyone's had to deal with the same stuff and then if you're relegated you're relegated if you win the title you win the title well done Liverpool and if, especially for the teams battling promotion because if you cut it they're going to feel very hard done by especially Leeds and West Brom because they have almost guaranteed their, their places in the Premier League through the automatic play the automatic promotion spots so it's a very difficult question about what you prioritise and obviously, ideally, is we get the season played on, played to the end and we have this fair result and it doesn't happen too late so we can start the next season on time or maybe a week or two delayed, but you just have to fit some games in 
here and there. And yeah, so that's sort of what I think about it. But I don't, it's, it's very tricky of what you prioritise because if you cancel and not avoid the season, you're going to annoy some people and keep some people happy. And whether or not whether or not that's fair or not is tricky. So I do think the games should be played as long as it's in a safe, secure way to do so. Yeah. So I went on a very big tangent there. No, it, but it makes sense because it's not an easy question to answer because there's so many moving parts. And like you said, there's so many groups of people that would feel marginalized by either decision. Uh, in my estimation, I mean, this this poll is, is 78% in favor of 2020-2021 beginning on time. Uh, and, I mean, it's West Ham fans voting. Obviously, we're in a relegation battle right now. I back us to not fall this year, but at the same point in time, you never know exactly what can happen. I think my solution to the problem of the transfer window would be that you extend it to the end of September and look to start the season on time or at the beginning of September rather than a week or two into August. And that way you let teams still, you know, still make changes a month into the into the season but you're not you know really changing any rules that drastically because we did have overlap of the season in the transfer window years prior to last year and it was actually voted on to revert back to the old way of doing it where the the transfer window runs for i think a week into the the premier league season so there it would still be flexibility with that i know players would probably say that they're going to be overworked if there's games in a long period of time I mean, everybody who's working or is lucky enough to still have a job and be working right now is by by and large overworked. Um, You know, there's a lot of stress with you when you put the impact of COVID-19 and, you know, all of the preparations you have to have in order and the hoops you have to jump through to maintain your safety and everyone else's safety. Everyone's feeling that stress because you're a footballer doesn't change that. Um, You're getting paid more than a lot of key workers. And, you know, that debate always comes up. And I'm not here to bring that up again. I'm just basically saying that everyone has stresses and and this is an unprecedented time for the modern world. So we really need to look at the larger picture here, push the transfer window back, get the season ended by the end of July, two weeks off, another two weeks back into training camp or a week off, three weeks into training camp, start the season with the start of September, extend the transfer window to the end of September. And I think we would be okay. But I also like the idea of, you know, we could maybe run with the calendar as well. Like there, there are multiple avenues here. I think that it's going to all come down to whether this plan that they have in action right now actually tends to work. But I think if you prioritize 2019 and 2020 finishing, it's going to, that's, you know, as, as difficult as it may be for whatever team gets relegated, if there is relegation, um, that's the way you do it to preserve the sanctity, quote unquote, of, the footballing world but again that's that's just my opinion here <sighs> okay uh exhale deep breath okay um the next question here we'll start with you henry because you're the de facto expert on this because you wrote an article um according to the standard news david Moyes has said quote if chelsea want declan rice then i want billy gilmore end quote uh, i think he was being a bit cheeky when he said that because obviously gilmore has impressed in his short time in the premier league and uh, everyone would want him, but uh, basically, I think this is Moyes kind of laughing at the links for for Declan Rice going to Chelsea. Um, last I checked, Mason Mount doesn't run their transfers, and if he does, hats off to him. That's unbelievable. Um, Chelsea's strongest asset is their midfield, especially their holding midfield. Uh, they've got uh, Jorginho, who's been great this season. Kovacic in the past. 
uh, sorry, in last season, the season prior, he's really done well this season. Uh, they have Ruben Loftus Cheek. They have Mason Mount. They have oodles of players. Ross Barkley's still there. Um, anyways, uh, I want to start with you, Henry. What are your thoughts on Billy Gilmore? I know you did a piece on him, as I mentioned, but uh, do you think that would be a fair swap race for Gilmore? Um, I think we'd be getting a good player. I don't think he's quite the quality of Declan Rice just yet, so a straight swap I do not think would be a fair deal, especially as we're supposedly asking 70-odd million quid for Declan Rice. Um, so I'd probably argue we'd want Billy Gilmore and 60 million pounds. <laughs> so he's only played 461 Premier League minutes. 461 very good Premier League minutes. Yep. And he also did brilliantly in the FA Cup uh, when they had over Liverpool where he was everywhere and played far beyond his years. So I'd happily have him at West Ham, but whether or not we'd lose Declan Rice for him, I wouldn't take it as a straight swap. We definitely would need a bit more of a compensation than just the young Scotsman. That's completely fair. What do you think, Lou? Do you have any uh, any thoughts on Billy Gilmore, and is he good enough to persuade Declan Rice out of East London and over to Chelsea? No, I think I agree with what Henry said, really. I mean, if it were hypothetically to happen, then I think it would be Billy Gilmore plus a certain fee because Declan is played over... A century of games for us now. I mean, he's three years older than Billy, but at 21, he's still obviously very young and has his whole career ahead of him. And he's a, at the end of the day, he's a full England international. So um, to, to straight swap him with Gilmore, who's played uh, very few games, would not be a very smart move on our end. And... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure Chelsea would want to let Gilmore go anyway based on uh, the potential and how much promise he's shown so far. Yeah, I think that's a really good point at the end there, Lou, and I agree. I think you'd have to throw in a hell of a lot, and I'm not talking about Michi Batshuayi, uh, to make this deal happen if it was going to happen. I don't think it was. I think it was, it was Moyes basically making a joke at the situation, um, which I think is all, pretty clear to, to the three of us. But um Anyways, uh, yeah, Gilmore is a homegrown talent. He looks like he's a, he's a really strong player, smart, um, not unlike Jack Wilshere in the sense that he, he, can, he's, he can use his brain to play holding midfield really well uh, and links up the midfield and the attack with the, with the defense. So I think he's got a lot of promise. But at the same time, when you bring in someone like Declan Rice and you're trying to keep a hold of Billy Gilmore, what does that do for his psyche when he's come in and only impressed and then said, oh, someone who's three years older than me, and has years of Premier League experience is now on the team. It, it kind of pushes them mentally out of the line. So I don't know. I, I don't think I can see it happening. I really don't think I see Declan Rice going to to Chelsea. Anyways, I see him going to one of the two Manchester teams, if I'm being honest. Um, but at the same stroke, I think Scott McTominay is going to keep him out of Manchester United just because he's been really good as of late, but I don't think he's the same quality of deck, but um, obviously, but uh I think they like him, and, and I think Rodri's done well in the same spot taking over for Fernandinho, so who knows. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Billy Gilmore, great player. I, I prefer Deck by a long shot. 
Uh, okay, the the penultimate question here. Uh, we'll come. We'll start with you again, Lee. Uh, Lee, uh, Lou. This is going back to Chelsea and West Ham, and there's been links with West Ham being back in for Michi Batshuayi. I think that's complete hogwash again. It seems to be the ever green transfer link. But uh, this is an interesting question because who do you think uh, is the better player, Michi Batshuayi or Sebastian Allaire? Lou, I'll, I'll let you crack at this first. Yeah, that's just despite his disappointing season, I'd still say uh, Allaire is be- uh, better than Batshuayi. I think possibly Batshuayi is a better goal scorer um, based on minutes per goal and finishing, perhaps. But all-round game, I would certainly take Allaire. I think he offers more in general play. Uh, his hold-up's better. He wins more aerial duels. And he links up better with a partner, as we've seen recently with Antonio. So uh, I'd take Ale, and I think he's a better player. And I think uh, that's why he doesn't really seem to be getting anywhere in his career. He's never really found a home. He's had loan spells at various clubs, Valencia, Crystal Palace. And Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund, of course. We're, we're, he did okay at Dortmund, to be fair, early on, but he faded out after a while. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say no to Batshuayi though as as a backup. I think is uh, is the re- replacement from that we needed from perhaps Chikorito when we let him go. That kind of you know not not particularly a starter, but he, he'll come on. He'll score important goals. But I just think he needs to find a home for himself, and I don't think that'll be at Chelsea. And I don't think it's going to be in the Premier League either. I, I'm I'm the same as you, Lou. I don't have anything to add. Allaire's better. I think he's a better finisher, better in the build-up, uh, better distributor of the ball. Uh, is he lazy at times? Absolutely. But I think he has much higher footballing IQ than Michi Batshuayi does. Uh, and uh, I'm all in for Allaire being better. What do you think, Henry? Um, I'm not sure you guys have left me much to say. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. Haller is many times the player... Batshuayi is especially for the system we play because I think even in games where Haller's maybe been isolated by playing up by himself it's just because he's been bullied out of the game by two massive centre-backs and you can't really argue Batshuayi would have done much better in those situations because we don't play the way of getting a striker in behind so he would struggle more so than Haller because he's shorter and not as strong simple as that so in terms of us to have a striker Haller suits us a lot better and I feel with Bacciarari he's turning into the new Idega Johnson of he plays for Chelsea and he's a striker and we're going to be linked with him every single window and we're never going to get him so I think it's just best just move on to an entirely new striker target like everyone wants and preferably if it's Ollie Watkins that would be great yep I, I think you would not have too many arguments on our side here with that one. Uh, yeah, it's just a tired link, and right now recycled links are coming up more and more. Um, but, I mean, that's just the nature of the business as it is right now. Uh, so uh, the last question here is a, is a choose-your-own-adventure. Actually, I should mention that Alaire was voted 86.9% the better player over Batshuayi. Um, 
This last question comes from Tony Pearson at Tony Pearson two. Uh, we've mentioned him before. He sends in a lot of great polls, uh, but he he sort of did a little transfer link roundup here. So uh, with transfer rumors aplenty, which one of the uh, below links would you want for West Ham to buy or loan? As we'll see, uh, Jamal Lewis from Norwich, the young left back. Matty Cash from Forest, the young right back. Luka Jovic from Real Madrid, links to a loan move there, or Todd Cantwell from Norwich, uh, young attacking midfielder, uh, English attacking midfielder. Henry, I'll let you start with this one. Which of the four do you think we should uh, we we could we would pursue in the ideal world? Can I only choose one of them? Can only choose <laughs> one. Yeah, tough. You you know I'm a big fan of Jamal Lewis and Matty Cash as left and right backs. I think they're both brilliant. I think Todd, Todd Cantwell is a very good player, but I feel we're quite well covered in that position now. Mm-hmm. So with Bowen and Lanzini and Fornals and Yarmolenko and Anson, so I feel I can push Cantwell out the way. Um, right back, I really do feel we need someone in just as much as left back. So it could be between Lewis and Cash, but the devastation that Haller and Jovic caused together at Eintracht Frankfurt was unbelievable. So I think for the capability of maybe being able to reunite those two, even if it was just for a season on loan, I'd have to go with Luka Jovic. Hopefully we get an option to buy at the end, which would be great. Real Madrid can insert a buyback clause fine but if we were able to get those two back together and they were playing that way again we would have a very good partnership on our hands yeah i i i can see exactly what you're saying there absolutely lou what do you think who are you picking out of those four players yeah i feel like i should uh name a different player just to from <laughs> a different view but i mean which came to my my mind as well when you first said it, and Henry set, basically said all my points. The 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 link up play that Alair and Jovic caused at Frankfurt, and they both. They, I don't know how many scored the goals they scored between them, but it was a lot. Probably around forties you know, or fifty, and assists as well. Uh, that the that they gave to each other. I think I'd, I love Antonio in that role, but he just doesn't get enough goals. And I think Jovic could be the man to take up that mantle and get regular goals in which we need, because obviously we've not had a regular goal scorer in a long time. And uh, I think, obviously, it would get the best out of Ale, ultimately. Yeah, that's fair. The history is so hard to, to turn down, especially like you, you both have said when, you know, goals would almost be guaranteed with, with the duo. Uh, but then watch, you know what will happen? It'll, it'll, it'll be like, well, they didn't have Rebic behind them like they did before, so now West Ham need to go and get Rebic from Frankfurt, or he, he was on loan this season in Syria as well. So uh, it, I think it just it snowballs out of control, which is why I was going to pick Jamal Lewis. I think our biggest need in the squad is a young left back to – push Aaron Cresswell to the bench and, and take over his spot. Uh, my pick is for Ryan Manning. Uh, I think he's with QPR in the championship right now. He's a good young player there. Uh, but I would absolutely take Jamal Lewis from Norwich City. 
I think if Norwich go down, that compounded with uh, the, the economic crisis right now would really put teams like Norwich into you know dire straits. And if they could cash in on uh, a player like Lewis, where you know he could be the missing piece to a West Ham team to take the next step. But he could also be expendable uh, to a team like Norwich, where they can try and build the, the spine of their team out a little bit more strong. Um, so I would pick Jamal Lewis just based off of that. But I mean, it would also be a permanent deal, which I would value higher than a, a loan deal, because I think Real Madrid paid seventy million for Jovic, and I don't know how much they would put in as a uh, as a view to buy clause for him coming to West Ham. But uh, you guys are in the majority, anyways, on this one. The vote <laughs> ends thirteen percent to Lewis, 16% to Matty Cash, 19 to Todd Cantwell, and a whopping 50.8% uh, in favor of you 2 which is uh, Luka Jovic of Real Madrid. So there you guys have it there. Um, so that really will do it here for episode 61, the latest, uh, the latest chapter in the Hammers Polls questions. Uh, next week, we hope to have a, a guest on, a, a very popular guest right now in the West Ham pop, uh, podcast world. So we're excited to have them on. We won't uh, mention anything until we get there. Keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, but for Lou, for Henry, myself, Jeremiah, all the guys over here at Green Street Hammers, thank you very much for listening. Everyone stay safe. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And come on, you irons. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.